Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the world of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 51 to 52 and in the previous episode we read chapters 49 to 50 and a quick recap of the previous episode but if you haven't checked that out yet I highly suggest you go check that out. It's a pretty intensely packed episode so it's worth giving it a try. So a quick recap is basically we are now focusing on Annabeth's um, journey with finding the Athena Parthenos and essentially the Mark of Athena quest. And Annabeth, instead of using brawn, especially uh, essentially her strength against fighting Arachne, because I think the fact that Arachne is so big, she genuinely just realized that she doesn't have a chance. So... She took a different route in, route in which Athena is particularly more famous for her intelligence. She started, um, you know, persuading Arachne that her work would be displayed. And she used the opportunity of her designing Olympus as a way to point out that she would be able to show her artwork, especially in the throne room, which really got well, got Arachne piquing her interest. But unfortunately, it did not last for long. And... It ended up with uh, the cavern, you know, starting to explode. So we'll see what exactly happens, whether Annabeth really did die, which I strongly don't believe so. But let's continue. Chapter 51, Annabeth. Well, also the fact that she has another chapter. (laughs) Annabeth had seen some strange things before, but she'd never seen it rain cars. As the roof of the cavern collapsed, sunlight blinded her. She got the briefest glimpse of the Argo II hovering above. It must have used its ballista to blast a hole straight through the ground. Chunks of asphalt as big as garage doors tumbled down, along with six or seven Italian cars. One would have crushed the Athena Parthenos, but the statue's glowing aura acted like a force field, and the car bounced off. Unfortunately, it fell straight toward Annabeth. She jumped to one side, twisting her bad foot. A wave of agony almost made her pass out, but she flipped on her back in time to see a bright red Fiat 500 slam into Arachne's silk trap, punching through the cavern floor and disappearing with the spider, Chinese spider cuffs. As Arachne fell, she screamed like a freight train on a collision course, but her wailing rapidly faded. All around Annabeth, more chunks of debris slammed through the floor, riddling it with holes. The Athena Parthenos remained undamaged, though the marble under its pedestal was a starburst of fractures. Annabeth was covered in cobwebs. She trailed strands of leftover spider silk from her arms and legs like the strings of a marionette. But somehow, amazingly, none of the debris had hit her. She wanted to believe that the statue had protected her, though she suspected it might have been nothing but luck. The army of spiders had disappeared. Either they had fled back into the darkness or they'd fallen into the chasm. As daylight flooded the cavern, Arachne's tapestries along the walls crumbled to dust, which Annabeth could hardly bear to watch, especially the tapestry depicting her and Percy. But none of that mattered when she heard Percy's voice from above. Annabeth! Here! She sobbed. All the terror seemed to leave her in one massive yelp. As Argo II descended, she saw Percy leaning over the rail. His smile was better than any tapestry she'd ever seen. The room kept shaking, but Annabeth managed to stand. The floor at her feet seemed to seem stable for the moment. Her backpack was missing, along with Daedalus' laptop. 
Her bronze knife, which she had since she was seven, was also gone. Probably fallen into the pit, but Annabeth didn't care. She was alive. She edged closer to the gaping hole made by the Fiat 500. Jagged rock walls plunged into the darkness as far as Annabeth could see. A few small ledges jutted out here and there, but Annabeth saw nothing on them. Just strands of spider silk dripping over the sides, like Christmas tinsel. Annabeth wondered if Arachne had told the truth about the chasm. Had the spider fallen all the way to Tartarus? She tried to feel satisfied with that idea, but it made her sad. Arachne had made some beautiful things. She'd already suffered for eons. Now her last tapestries had crumbled. After all that, falling into Tartarus seemed like too harsh at an end. Annabeth was dimly aware of the Argo II hovering to a stop about 40 feet from the floor. It lowered a rope ladder, but Annabeth stood in a daze, staring into the darkness. Then suddenly Percy was next to her, lacing his fingers in hers. He turned her gently away from the pit and wrapped his arms around her. She buried her face in his chest and broke down in tears. It's okay, he said. We're together. He didn't say you're okay or we're alive. After all they'd been through over the last year, he knew the most important thing was that they were together. She loved him for saying that. Their friends gathered around them. Nico D'Angelo was there, but Annabeth's thoughts were so fuzzy this didn't seem surprising to her. It seemed only right that he would be with them. Your leg? Piper knelt next to her and examined the bubble wrap cast. Oh, Annabeth. What happened? She started to explain. Talking was difficult, but as she went along, her words came more easily. Percy didn't let go of her hand, which also made her feel more confident. When she finished, her friends' faces were slack with amazement. Gods of Olympus, Jason said. You did all that alone, with a broken ankle. Well, some of it, with a broken ankle. Percy grinned. You made Arachne weave her own trap? I knew you were good, but holy Hera. Annabeth, you did it. Generations of Athena kids tried and failed. You found the Athena Parthenos. Everyone gazed at the statue. What do we do with her? Frank asked. She's huge. We'll have to take her with us to Greece, Annabeth said. The statue is powerful. Something about it will help us stop the giants. The giant's bane stands golden pale, Hazel quoted. One with pain from a woven jail. She looked at Annabeth with admiration. It was Arachne's jail. You tricked her into weaving it. With a lot of pain, Annabeth had thought. Leo raised his hands. He made a finger picture frame around the Athena Parthenos like he was taking measurements. Well, it might take some rearranging, but I think we can fit her through the bay doors of the stable. If she sticks out at the end, I might have to wrap a flag around her feet or something. Annabeth shuddered. She imagined the Athena Parthenos jutting from their trireme with a sign across her pedestal that read, Wide Load. Then she thought about the other lines of the prophecy. The twins snuff out the angel's breath who holds the keys to endless death. What about you guys? She asked. What happened with the giants? Percy told her about rescuing Nico, the appearance of Bacchus, and the fight with the twins in the Colosseum. Nico didn't say much. The poor guy looked like he'd been wandering through a wasteland for six weeks. Percy explained what Nico had found about the doors of death and how they had to be closed on both sides. Even with sunlight streaming in from above, Percy's news made the cavern seem dark again. 
So the mortal side is in Epirus, she said. At least that's somewhere we can reach. Nico grimaced. But the other side is the problem. Tartarus. The words seemed to echo through the chamber. The pit behind them exhaled a cold blast of air. That's when Annabeth knew with certainty. The chasm did go straight to the underworld. Percy must have felt it too. He guided her a little farther from the edge. Her arms and legs trailed spider silk like a bridal train. She wished she had her dagger to cut that chunk off, that junk off. She almost asked Percy to do the honors with Riptide. But before he could, he could, she could, he said, Bacchus mentioned something about my voyage being harder than expected. Not sure why. The chamber groaned. The Athena Parthenos tilted to one side. Its head caught on of Arachne's support cables. But the marble foundation under the pedestal was crumbling. Nausea swelled in Annabeth's chest. If the statue fell into the chasm, all her work would be for nothing. Their quest would fail. Secure it! Annabeth cried. Her friends understood immediately. Zang! Leo cried. Get me to the helm! Quick! The coach is up there alone! Frank transformed into a giant eagle, and the two of them soared toward the ship. Jason wrapped his arm around Piper. He turned to Percy. Back for you guys in a sec. He summoned the wind and shot into the air. This floor won't last, Hazel warned. The rest of us should get to the ladder. Plumes of dust and cobwebs blasted from holes in the floor. The spider silk support cables trembled like massive guitar strings and began to snap. Hazel lunged for the bottom of the rope ladder and gestured for Nico to follow, but Nico was in no condition to sprint. Percy gripped Annabeth's hand tighter. It'll be fine, he muttered. Looking up, she saw grappling lines shoot from the Argo II and wrap around the statue. One lassoed Athena's neck like a noose. Leo shouted orders from the helm as Jason and Frank flew frantically from line to line, trying to secure them. Nico had just reached the ladder when a sharp pain shot up Annabeth's bad leg. She gasped and stumbled. What is it? Percy asked. She tried to stagger toward the ladder. Why was she moving backward instead? Her legs swept out from under her and she fell on her face. Her ankle! Hazel shouted from the ladder, Cut it! Cut it! Emmett's mind was wooly from the pain. Cut her ankle? Apparently Percy didn't realize what Hazel meant either. Then something yanked Annabeth backward and dragged her toward the pit. Percy lunged. He grabbed her arm, but the momentum carried him along as well. Help them! Hazel yelled. Emmett glimpsed Nico hobbling in their direction. Hazel tried to disentangle her cavalry sword from the rope ladder. Their other friends were still focused on the statue, and Hazel's cry was lost in the general shouting and the rumblings of the cavern. Annabeth sobbed as she hit the edge of the pit. Her legs went over the side. Too late. She realized what was happening. She was tangled in the spider silk. She should have cut it away immediately. She had thought it was just loose line, but the, the entire floor covered in cobwebs. She hadn't noticed that one of the strands was wrapped around her foot, and the other end went straight into the pit. It was attached to something heavy down in the darkness. Something that was pulling her in. No. Percy muttered, light dawning in his eyes. My sword! But he couldn't reach Riptide without letting go of Annabeth's arm. And Annabeth's strength was gone. She slipped over the edge. Percy fell with her. Her body slammed into something. She must have blacked out briefly from the pain. When she could see again, she realized that she'd fallen partway into the pit and was dangling over the void. Percy had managed to grab a ledge about 15 feet below the top of the chasm. He was holding on top with one hand, gripping Annabeth's wrist with the other. 
but the pull on her leg was much too strong. No escape, said a voice in the darkness below. I go to Tartarus and you will come too. Emma wasn't sure if she actually heard Arachne's voice or was just in her mind. The pit shook. Percy was the only thing keeping her from falling. He was barely holding onto a ledge the knee to a ledge the size of a bookshelf. Nico leaned over the edge with the chasm, thrusting out his hand, but he was much too far away to help. Hazel was yelling for the others, but even if they had hurt her over all the chaos, they'd never make it in time. Abbott's leg felt like it was pulling free of her body. Pain washed away everything in red. The force of the underworld tugged at her like dark gravity. She didn't have the strength to fight. She knew she was far too down to be saved. Percy, let me go, she croaked. You can't pull me up. His face was white with effort. She could see in his eyes that he knew it was hopeless. Never, he said. He looked up at Nico, 15 feet above. The other side, Nico. We'll see you there. Understand? Nico's eyes widened. But... Lead them there, Percy shouted. Promise me! I... I will. Below them, the voice laughed in the darkness. <laughs> sacrifices. Beautiful sacrifices to wake the goddess. Percy tightened his grip on Annabeth's wrist. His face was gaunt, scraped, and bloody. His hair dusted with cobwebs, but when he locked eyes with her, she thought he had never looked more handsome. We're staying together, he promised. You're not getting away from me. Never again. Only then did she understand what would happen. A one-way trip. A very hard fall. As long as we're together, she said. She heard Nico and Hazel still screaming for help. She saw the sunlight far, far above. Maybe the last sunlight she would ever see. And Percy let go of his tiny little ledge. And together, holding hands, he and Annabeth fell into the endless darkness. And that's the end of chapter 51. Wow. That was an emotional chapter. I think after a while, I think after seeing the relationship between Percy and Annabeth, it's that type of relationship that everyone just wishes for. It's that type of relationship in which you know, they love each other so deeply. They're ready to sacrifice anything for each other. Percy's ready to sacrifice his life for Annabeth and Annabeth vice versa. And I think it's just so beautiful to see that. They're ready to go down no matter what, as long as they're together. And I think that this is what the essence of true love is. I think the relationship between Percy and Annabeth shows what exactly is true love and they've shown it perfectly within this chapter and I think that this is just simply a great way to be able to end this chapter because no matter what happens they were together I think that's the message that this chapter really tried to provide is that no matter what had happened they were together they stick they stuck together and they were promised to be together and they were together and I think that's really important to take away from this chapter. So right after the break, we're going to continue reading now from Leo's perspective and see what exactly isn't going to happen when we read this episode. Um, before we go into the break, 
I did notice that um, sometimes my swallowing may um, disturb some people, and I do apologize for that. I guess uh, if I when I read at um, you know certain lengths, uh, I think it just naturally happens. So I apologize. I'll be trying my best to not make an inconvenience for you guys, but I do appreciate you guys letting me know so that I am able to fix this myself and give you guys a better listening experience. So right after the break, don't go anywhere. Maybe grab a snack. Maybe grab some water. Maybe grab a, you know, maybe grab some soda. Anything you guys want. But make sure you guys come back for this next for this next part of the episode, Chapter Fifty Two, Leo. And we're back from the ads, and now we're gonna read Chapter Fifty Two, Leo. Leo was still in shock. Everything had happened so quickly. They'd secured grappling lines to the Athena Parthenos just as the floor gave way, and the final columns of webbing snapped. Jason and Frank dove down to save the others, but they'd only found Nico and Hazel hanging from the rope ladder. Percy and Annabeth were gone. The pit to Tartarus had been buried under several tons of debris. Leo had pulled the Argo II out of the cavern seconds before the entire place imploded, taking the rest of the parking lot with it. The Argo II was now parked on a hill overlooking the city. Jason, Hazel, and Frank had returned to the scene of the catastrophe, hoping to dig through the rubble and find a way to save Percy and Annabeth. But they'd come back demoralized. The cavern was simply gone. The scene was swarming with police and rescue workers. No mortals had been hurt, but the Italians would be scratching their heads for months, wondering how a massive sinkhole had opened right in the middle of a parking lot and swallowed a dozen perfectly good cars. Dazed with grief, Leo and the others carefully loaded the Thena Parthenos into the hold, using the ship's hydraulic winches with an assist from Frank Zhang, part-time elephant. The statue just fit, though what they were going to do with it, Leo had no idea. Coach Hedge was too miserable to help. He kept pacing the deck with tears in his eyes, pulling at his goatee and slapping the side of his head, muttering, I should have saved them. I should have blown up more stuff. Finally, Leo told him to go below decks and secure everything for departure. He wasn't doing any good beating himself up. The six demigods gathered on the quarterdeck and gazed at the distant column of dust still rising from the side of the implosion. Leo rested his hand on the Archimedes sphere, which now sat on the helm, ready to be installed. He should have been excited. It was the biggest discovery of his life, even bigger than Bunker 9. If he could decipher Archimedes' scrolls, he could do amazing things. He hardly dared to hope, but he might even be able to build a new control disc for a certain dragon friend of his. Still, the price had been too high. He could almost hear Nemesis laughing. <laughs> I told you we could do business, Leo Valdez. He had opened the fortune cookie. He'd gotten the access code for the, for the sphere and saved Frank and Hazel. But the sacrifice had been Percy and Annabeth. Leo was sure of it. It's my fault, he said miserably. The others stared at him. Only Hazel seemed to understand. She'd been with him at the Great Salt Lake. No, she insisted. No, this is Gaia's fault. It has nothing to do with you. Leo wanted to believe that, but he couldn't. They started with this voyage with Leo messing up, firing on New Rome. They'd ended in Old Rome with Leo breaking a cookie and paying a price much worse than an eye. Leo, listen to me. Hazel gripped his hand. I won't allow you to take the blame. 
couldn't bear that after after Sammy. She choked up, but Leo knew what she meant. His bisabuelo had blamed himself for Hazel's disappearance. Sammy had lived a good life, but he'd gone to his grave believing that he'd spent a cursed diamond and doomed the girl he loved. Leo didn't want to make Hazel miserable all over again, but this was different. True success requires sacrifice. Leo had chosen to break that cookie. Percy and Annabeth had fallen into Tartarus. That couldn't be a coincidence. Nico D'Angelo shuffled over, leaning on his black sword. Leo, they're, they're not dead. If they were, I could feel it. How can you be so sure, Leo asked. If that pit really led to, you know, how could you sense them so far away? Nico and Hazel shared a look, maybe comparing notes on their Hades slash Pluto death radar. Leo shivered. Hazel had never seemed like a child of the underworld to him, but Nico D'Angelo? Ooh, that guy was creepy. We can't be 100% sure, Hazel admitted, but I think Nico is right. Percy and Annabeth are still alive. At least so far. Jason pounded his fist against the rail. I should have been paying attention. I could have flown down and saved them. Me too, Frank moaned. The big dude looked on the verge of tears. Piper put her hand on Jason's back. It's not your fault, either of you. You were trying to save the statue. She's right, Nico said. Even if the pit hadn't been buried, you couldn't have flown into it without being pulled down. I'm the only one who's actually been into Tartarus. It's impossible to describe how powerful that place is. Once you get close, it sucks you in. I never stood a chance. Frank sniffled. Then... Percy and Annabeth don't stand a chance either? Nico twisted his silver skull ring. Percy is one of the most powerful demigods I've ever met. No offense to you guys, but it's true. If anyone can survive, he will. Especially if he's got Annabeth at his side. They're gonna find a way through Tartarus. Jason turned. To the doors of death, you mean. But you told us it's guarded by Gaia's most powerful forces. How could two demigods possibly... I don't know, Nico admitted. But Percy told me to lead you guys to Epirus, to the mortal side of the doorway. He's planning, us, planning on meeting us there. If we can survive the House of Hades, fight our way through Gaia's forces, then maybe we can work together with Percy and Annabeth and seal the doors of death from both sides. And get Annabeth and Percy back safely? Leo asked. Maybe. Leo didn't like the way Nico said that. As if he wasn't sharing all his doubts. Besides, Leo knew something about locks and doors. If the doors of Neth needed to be sealed from both sides, how could they do that unless someone stayed in the underworld? Trapped. Nico took a deep breath. <sighs> I don't know how they'll manage it, but Percy and Annabeth will find a way. They'll journey through Tartarus and find the doors of death. When they do, we have to be ready. It won't be easy, Hazel said. Gail will throw everything she's got at us to keep us from reaching Epirus. <laughs> what else is new? Jason sighed. Piper nodded. We've got no choice. We have to seal the doors of death before we can stop the giants from raising Gaia. Otherwise, her armies will never die. And we've got to hurry. The Romans are in New York. Soon, they'll be marching on Camp Half-Blood. We've got one month at best, Jason added. Ephialta said Gaia would awaken in exactly one month. Leo straightened. We can do it. Everyone stared at him. 
The Archimedes Sphere can upgrade the ship, he said, hoping he was right. I'm gonna study those ancient scrolls we got. There's gotta be all kinds of wep new weapons I can make. We're gonna hit Gaia's army with a whole new arsenal of hurt. At the prow of the ship, Festus creaked his jaw and blew fire defiantly. Jason managed to smile. He clapped Leo on the shoulder. Sounds like a plan, Admiral. You want to set the course? They kidded him, calling him Admiral, but one for once, Leo accepted the title. This was his ship. He hadn't come this far to be stopped. They would find this house of Hades. They'd take the doors of death. And by the gods, if Leo had to design a grabber arm long enough to snatch Percy and Annabeth out of Tartarus, then that's what he would do. Nemesis wanted him to wreak vengeance on Gaia? Leo would be happy to oblige. He was gonna make Gaia sorry she had ever messed with Leo Valdez. Yeah, she, he took one last look at the cityscape of Rome, turning blood red in the sunset. Festus, raise the sails. We've got some friends to save. And that's the end of chapter 52, and also the end of The Mark of Athena. I know, guys, you know, we thought that this book was never ending, but it finally ended. Surprisingly. But it was definitely a very, you know, it was a great book, you know, filled with such complex plots and just thrown, twists thrown left and right. You know, the time of which, you know, we actually felt that maybe Annabeth wasn't going to survive that battle with Arachne, she managed to do. And I think that that's the beauty of these books is that they keep throwing twists and turns at every corner and every spot. So... I think this is, this is, I genuinely cannot wait for the next book. I think the House of Hades is definitely going to be another, you know, intense, packed plot, climat climat climactic, climatic type book. I think it's going to be a great, great season. So I hope you guys are able to stay tuned for that. But now that the chapters are over, I'm, I'm sure we can all agree that this is now everyone's favorite part which is the shout outs so once again if i miss your name or if you would like to be shouted out please do let me know in spotify there is the q a section and there you can you know ask for your name to be shouted out so moving on number one is dylan thank you number two is wit thank you number three is the james c 2010 thank you Number four is Mary, thank you. And number five is Emma, thank you. Now moving on to some, uh, a question that I had received from one of my listeners that I would love to answer. And one thing I would like to say before I answer this question is feel free to ask me, you know, questions as long as they're unpersonal. But feel free to ask me questions regarding the book, you know, just, you know, what is your godly parent or... Who do you think is stronger, Poseidon or Hades? <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I'm, I, I'd be happy to, you know, discuss that or at least discuss my thoughts on that. And I'd love to hear you, your, your guys' inputs. You know, I want to make this as interactive as possible. And I would love for more of these questions to come up in the next following episodes. So one question I received is, which godly parent would you want yours to be? Now, the ironic thing is, or well, not the ironic thing, but the thing is, um, I actually, when I took the quad, the godly parent quiz on uh, the official Rick Riordan uh, uh, website, I had received this type of glitch in which it told me that I was a child of Athena, but also a child of Poseidon. 
Now, it's really, really, like, funny because these two are mortal enemies. So being a child of both of them was just really hilarious to just look at. But I think that it fits me pretty well because I do have a variance of um, emotions, I guess you could say. And I think that Poseidon, being the being a child of Poseidon, really is able to showcase that. While Meanwhile, with Athena, it's more based off of intelligence and just intelligence-wise, kind of like that nerdy-ish type of person. But I guess there is really no, you know, definite definition to nerdy. But I think being the child of these two gods is what is essentially is fitting to me. And I think I would be great. It would be great to have them as my godly parents. It would be even more funnier to see them just keep arguing with each other and fighting with each other because, you know, they're mortal. They're immortal enemies. So, yeah, but make sure to let me know your thoughts on that. I think, you know, I would also love to hear what my listeners think of what their godly parent is or what they'd love to be their godly parent to be. So, yeah, let me know your thoughts on that. Thank you guys for asking. Uh, Thank you to whoever asked that question. And yeah, I'd love to answer more questions like this in the future. So I hope you guys enjoyed that ep- this episode. And I hope you guys are ready for a new, uh, new season in which we start with the House of Hades. And I'm sure it's going to be just as intense and fun as this book was. So other than that, I hope you guys, until next week, stay safe and stay out of boredom.